welcome to the Autistic Bodybuilding Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Raposa. Today we're going to talk about the quadriceps muscles. But first, some announcements. I have another one-on-one spot available for coaching. So if you're interested in working with me, getting a little bit fitter, and learning how to kind of build your own workout plans going forward, that's what my coaching is designed to do. I set you up with a personalized portal, I guide you through whatever you're struggling with, make sure you learn how to create balanced workouts, and then when I am confident and you're confident that you're doing great, I set you loose. And then I'm always here to talk to if you need anything. So if that sounds really cool and that's something you would like to get involved with, you can schedule your free first consultation at autisticbodybuilding.com slash bodybuilders. I do both Zoom consultations and basically any other kind of conf- uh, consultation that works for you. So I've had some people that want to completely consult over an Instagram message. I've had some people that want to consult over the phone. I am totally open. It's whatever your communication style is because, you know, as autistics, it's important to accommodate for that. Now, let's dive into today's episode about the quadriceps. Ginny is experiencing a lot of low back pain and is afraid to squat for fear of making it worse. She also tells you she has trouble sitting on the toilet without falling to the seat. You're concerned, but you let it go because after all, it's leg day. But while you're working out, you can't help but miss your gym partner and wonder what you can do to help. The quadriceps, or quads as they're more commonly called, are located on the top front of your legs. So like when you're sitting down and you put your hands down on your thighs, those are your quadriceps right there. They're made up of four distinct muscles, that's why they're called quads. The name actually comes from the Latin. So quadriceps, you have the prefix quad as in four. Those four muscles are the rectus femoris, the vastus lateralis, the vastus medialis, the vastus intermedius. So I'm going to go through all of those in just a second. But what I want to mention to you guys is if you've ever heard bodybuilders talk about their teardrops or their teardrop quads or teardrop muscles, they're actually talking about their quads. It's that part of your quad that's closest to your knee that if bodybuilders build it up really strong and thick and big, it almost looks like these two little teardrops that go off to like either side of their knee. And those two muscles there that you're actually seeing are actually the vastus lateralis and the vastus medialis. So let's get into what these four muscles are and what exactly they do. Do you have trouble finding adult clothes that meet your sensory needs? Most sensory friendly brands are made for kids. So I would buy them only to have other sensory issues over the fit because kids bodies don't have the curves of adult bodies. 
Or I would buy the adult clothes only to fight with seams and tags that bothered me all day. With the Great North, I can finally get the best of both. They didn't set out to make sensory clothes for adults, but they nailed it anyways. That's why I'm gradually replacing all my clothes with options from the Great North. To top it off, 10% of their profits goes towards sustaining and improving our planet Earth directly. Visit thegreatnorth.net and use promo code ABUILD, that's A-B-U-I-L-D, at checkout for 30% off and support the environment while you support your booty. Now, back to the show. And so the first one I mentioned was the rectus femoris. Now the rectus femoris is kind of the outlier of your quad muscles. The rectus femoris actually attaches all the way from your knee all the way up to your hip, basically. It goes a little bit past where all the, because all the other quad muscles stop uh, right uh, kind of in the crook of your of your crotch area, but your rectus femoris goes all the way up to your pelvic bone. So the rectus femoris kind of runs on the outer part of your leg. It kind of creates that nice big sweep that you see on bodybuilders that goes kind of from their hip to their knee. If you've ever done a psoas stretch where you get on the floor in one on one knee and you kind of lift up and you, and you kind of lean into your hip muscles, you'd be stretching your rectus femoris at the same time. Your rectus femoris, you can kind of think of as your kicking muscle. It really, it, it takes that movement of kicking from, you know, your knee where you have your, your knee extended all the way up to flexing that hip. Your rectus femoris does all of that and it helps control that movement throughout. Next, we have the vastus lateralis. That's right underneath your rectus femoris. That's what people generally think of when they're thinking of the teardrop that goes to the outer or the lateral side of their body. So if you're looking at your right knee and you had teardrop quads, as we like to call it, your vastus lateralis would be the teardrop to the right. Your vastus medialis would be the teardrop to the left. So your vastus medialis is, it's kind of interesting. It kind of peeks out, kind of peeks out a little bit from the side there. And you'll see that on the left side of your quad. Now your vastus lateralis and your rectus femoris as well will also help a little bit with hip abduction. The main muscle for hip abduction is actually the glutes, but your vastus lateralis and rectus femoris will kind of help stabilize and help with that movement a little bit. If you do a lot of narrow squats, a lot of lunges, anything that kind of positions you a little bit off center laterally and sideways like to your, to your quads, you will be working your rectus femoris and vastus lateralis a little bit more than the rest of your quads. And the medialis, I'm kind of trying to give you a visual here of how opposite the lateralis and the medialis are to each other. The medialis, because it's in your your inner thigh area, it, it helps control and work with the adductors 
So think of adding your legs back together. Your legs are apart. You want to add them back together. That's an adduction. So your medialis helps stabilize adduction. And it also helps when you're in wider stance squats, things like that. People use those wide stance, sumo stance squats, deadlifts, things like that to help target that vastus medialis a little bit more. The vastus intermedius, save that one for last because I think it's just the most straightforward. It's literally directly right on top of all your other quad muscles. It sits kind of in between your lateralis and your medialis. They kind of cradle it. And if you've ever seen somebody that you look at, I'm like this, actually, you look at me straight on, my quads don't look that big. But if you look at me sideways, they look thick sideways. Apparently, my medialis is just really big. Now, all of the quad muscles control knee and leg extension. In other words, when you straighten your leg, those are your quads working. I know I mentioned a lot of stuff about how if you get into different positions, you're working different parts a little bit more than others. But at the end of the day, the quads job is to straighten your leg. That's it. So, You can get into all these other positions. You can get into a sumo stance. You can get into a narrow stance. You'll, you know, your quads will be working as accessory muscles while you're doing other things. But at the end of the day, the only thing that really honestly works your quads is just straightening your leg one way or another. So things like squats, leg presses, leg extensions, Even like isometric contractions where you are, for example, a wall press where you lay down on the ground and you push your feet into the wall as if you're trying to press it like a leg press. You can't actually physically extend your leg in that position, but you're trying to. And so you're working that muscle or those muscles in your quads rather. So I really just want to drive that point home that there's no such thing as just working one part of your quads. There's no such thing as working your quads, targeting your quads with anything other than straightening your leg. But it is worth knowing that you can target the different areas as you see fit with different things in different ways. And it also does help to know what your quads, you know, the extra muscles your quads help stabilize, right? Because they do stabilize your adductors and your abductors. And it is really hard to talk about the quads or the muscle, any of the muscles in the leg, really, without talking about abduction and adduction. Did you know that I make sensory support items on Etsy? Hi, I'm your coach, Crystal Raposa, and I run a store called Pickly Booze, where I sell face masks, pillows, and jewelry items to help fund the many projects and services of autistic bodybuilding. If you're in the market for sewable sensory items, visit etsy.com slash shop slash picklybooze and enter code ABUILD, that's A-B-U-I-L-D, at checkout for 15% off. Special requests are always welcome. Now, back to the show. Now, let's talk about imbalances. If your quads are weak, you might have trouble sitting, you might have lower back pain, you might have some knee pain. The big one I see with weak quads is hamstring dominance. Now, when somebody's hamstrings are dominant, and 
I'll get into this a little more when we talk more about hamstrings. But when somebody's hamstrings are dominant, they actually kind of constrict. They pull against the back of your knee from the top and they pull against your glutes from the bottom. And this creates a, a really awful imbalance where you almost have to lean forward to be able to stand upright. And the reason for this is because of the kinetic chain. And again, I'll get into the kinetic chain in another episode as well. But because of the kinetic chain, if your hamstrings are dominant, it wants to flex your knee constantly. And if your knee wants to be flexed constantly, it's going to stretch out your glutes. And if your glutes are stretched out, your core is going to stretch out. And as you move up the body, the stack just gets a little bit off. You end up a little bit hunched over over time. And it's all just because your hamstrings are dominant. And to top it off, hamstring dominance is incredibly common in Western culture because we all sit down so much. And if you want to notice your own hamstring dominance after you've been driving for a whole day, come home, sit down on the floor and try to touch your toes and you will notice even something weird. Like I notice my right leg tends to be a lot tighter in the hamstring because I'm always tensing it while I'm driving, trying to control my gas pedal foot. Really weird thing, but somehow that really, it kind of like causes my calf to be a little bit sticky and I have to stretch my right calf more than my left or my hamstring rather. I think I've been saying calf this whole time, but I meant hamstring. I have to stretch my hamstring on my right side more than my left. So that's something for you guys to notice. If your hamstrings are too tight too, you, you might not be able to work your quads as well. So definitely make sure that you keep those hamstrings stretched. But back to the quads. If they're weak too, it will depend on what part of your quad is weak. So if your vastus medialis is weak, you might constantly be shifting your weight to your rectus femoris or your vastus lateralis, right? So if your inner thigh is weak, to put it you know, in layman's terms, if your inner thigh is weak, you might be shifting your weight to your outer thigh. That might not sound like that big of a deal, but again, kinetic chain is important. So that ends up putting strain on your knees because now what's happening is your, your lateral quad muscles, your vastus lateralis is twisting your knee outward and every time you're doing anything, you're doing everything with a outward twisted knee. And I don't have to tell you, I'm sure you can kind of visualize that. That's not good to be walking around like that over time. So that's just a little example of, it really depends on what muscle in the quad is weak because the effect of the weakness will vary. Dominance, however, is also a thing in quads. It's quite common, especially people when they're new to the gym, they'll get on the leg press and they will just leg or leg extension and they will just extend, extend, extend. And it's like, get off the leg extension. And actually I'll throw that in as a side note. If you're just starting out at the gym, try to focus on compound movements and not isolation movements because, and I, and I know some people learn better from isolation movements. And if that's how you learn by all means, do you but make sure that you come back to some kind of balance if that's the way you learn. But for those of you who are just starting out and that's not the way that you learn, try to start with functional movements first. Things like squats, 
Uh, bench press, even though it works mostly, your your pecs will still get a lot of your upper body push-ups, get, get a lot of your upper body reversed, supine pull-ups rather, where you're laying on the ground and you pull yourself toward the bar. Things like that that are working more than one muscle at a time are very important when you're just starting out so that you don't create imbalances before you have a chance to really learn about those imbalances and fix them. Then over time, as you learn more about the different individual muscles, you can start to add in isolation and target certain muscles as you see fit. But again, I think it's really, really important to start by trying to work as many things as possible at once so that your body is really having a chance to get itself into its own balance and position rather than you deciding what muscle's gonna be big because we don't always know what muscle should be big. Trust me. I, I mean, I even, I made my vastus lateralis huge. It's actually mostly my, my rectus femoris. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just did a lot of narrow squats for a while trying to target my glutes and didn't really think about the fact that I was also targeting my outer quad and this massive quad sweeps on the outside, but like nothing on the inside now. It happens. It happens to the best of us. So again, dominance, it depends on what part of your quad is dominant. Like I said, my outer quad is dominant and that definitely, I can tell it kind of makes it harder for me to flex my glutes. Not literally, like I can still flex my glutes. They're still pretty strong. They're still keeping me upright. But I mean, I can feel the difference. Like when I go to squat or whatever, like my knees want to go in so I can shift my weight to my outer quad or I can't necessarily keep my butt flexed the whole way down and the whole way up because, you know, that, that quad is really pulling against my glutes. So it's <laughs> trying to balance it back out. Now I'm doing all these sumo squats, trying to get my uh, vastus medialis. And that's just part of it, guys. So that's why it's important to understand dominance. It's important to understand the symptoms of dominance. But unfortunately, there aren't that many symptoms of quad dominance. You might get a little bit of knee pain. You might get a little bit of low back pain. But really, it's a matter of just looking at your quads. If they look significantly bigger than your hamstrings, if you feel like you can't get into the right squat position, your knees are going in, they're going out, what have you, you probably have some kind of dominance and it's worth experimenting with it, trying to shift your gait, trying to switch your squats, trying to switch whatever you have to, to see if you can maybe take some of that dominance away from that muscle and balance out the other weaker muscles with it. So with all that, let's get back to our case study. Ginny is experiencing a lot of low back pain and is afraid to squat for fear of making it worse. She also tells you she has trouble sitting on the toilet without falling to the seat. You're concerned, but you let it go because after all, it's leg day. But while you're working out, you can't help but miss your gym partner and wonder what you can do to help. Ginny is most likely experiencing weakness in her quads. So weakness. 
But of course, her low back pain is a concern. So in order to strengthen Ginny's quads without putting weight on her back, the two of you can incorporate leg presses, leg extensions, and even lunges because you can use less weight when you work only one leg at a time. Your goal should be to help Ginny get those quads strengthened without making her back feel any worse. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Autistic Bodybuilding Podcast. If you'd like to view a transcript of today's show, as well as all references used, visit autisticbodybuilding.com slash transcripts. To find links to any of the sponsors you heard advertised today, visit autisticbodybuilding.com slash affiliates. Your support of our sponsors is much appreciated and helps keep the show running. Subscribing is free and your reviews help others find the podcast. Subscribe or leave a review wherever you listen. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, find me at AudiBuilder. Facebook at AudiBuilding. Email me show suggestions and questions at autisticbodybuilding at gmail.com or just visit autisticbodybuilding.com for the latest news and updates. As always, all these links will be in the show notes for your convenience. I hope you'll come back next week. And until then, stay fit and flappy.